Hello, everybody. Yeah, I'm waiting for the comments. So at the end, I will be answering all your questions. So I uh, want to, we'll talk about acid reflux as we discussed, um, we're telling you five mistakes that we usually do, people do, and the five tips what you can uh, follow in order to alleviate and help with the acid reflux. First, um, uh, let's see what is acid reflux. So acid reflux is actually, uh, or GERD, gastroesophageal disease, they call it, which uh, shows actually that um, when the acid is coming into the esophagus and causes burning in the uh, middle of the chest. Uh, is it caused from too much acid or uh, a lower acid? So some people think it's uh, I have too much acid in the stomach so I need to lower it or is it because it's a lower acid and we need to increase the acid. So we will go deeper now into this and explaining everything and what is actually going on. And I will be answering the questions in the end. Please stay tuned. Uh, one disclaimer or in the beginning, I have to say this because um, this is not to treat any disease or not like a prescription or this is just an informa for informational purposes only. It's not to, because I don't know anybody individually, your diseases, your lifestyle, your medications you are uh, taking. So this is just for informational purposes only and my experience and my knowledge, okay? What are the symptoms that people are experiencing when they have acid reflux? Uh, symptoms are heartburn, indigestion, bloating, constipation. I will explain why this happens, bloating and constipation. Bad smell, of course, because there is disbalance in the bacteria in the stomach and their overgrowth and you have a bad smell. Burping, burping is a symptom of uh, actually having acid reflux then um, trouble swallowing because it's tightening of the esophagus frequent hiccups so every day or every other day if we have hiccups that means that uh, actually we are having acid reflux uh, excessive saliva production uh, like we want to chew more you know we, because we are producing more saliva and we the body is trying to get rid of it and we want to chew more chewing gums like that then you feel pressure in your chest like here this means uh, this can be a sign of having acid reflux. Clearing throat, like <clears throat> you know, all the time doing like that or coughing a little bit, you know. Sinus infection uh, can affect also the ears, the lungs and the vocal cords. Uh, so the voice is like a hoarse voice uh, changed. You, you can, uh, some people experience changing in the voice. Uh, nasal drip, allergies, um, this can, uh, like mimic allergic. So people think they have allergies and take antihistamines, which actually uh, the problem lies in the acid reflux. Barrett's esophagus, and that is um, like, uh, because the acid is coming into the esophagus and there is, um, the tissue is being damaged and uh, there is inflammation going on and it's called Barrett's esophagus. Hiatal hernia, it's actually a similar thing when the, the tissues, the cells from the stomach goes up in the esophagus and it creates like expansion and it's uh, like a balloon is blowing there. It's called hiatal hernia. Then H. pylori. H. pylori actually thrives in the pH between 5.5 and 7.5, which is a little bit um, going through alkaline. The stomach pH is between 2 and 3 which means we need more acidic in order to um, remove the H. pylori. Next, when you eat, let's say, too much acidic food and you have affected sinuses, ears, lungs, and vocal cords, then if you have candida yeast infections, 
this can be a sign that um, it all started from the acid reflux, from the stomach problem with the acidity. First, we need to, ex to explain how our digestion works, how actually the normal healthy stomach should work. And I explain in more in detail in my YouTube channel, All for Better Life. If you want, you can uh, go there. And now I will explain briefly how this, so how normal digestion works. Normal digestion works when we, let's say, first smell the, the food and the saliva is being produced. And then the, the stomach is getting ready to accept the food. And what does stomach do? It, of course, it produces HCl, hydrochloric acid, and this acid is very acidic, which is between 2 and 3 pH. And it's very, you know, if you put a drop of this acid on an iron, it will uh, make a hole. So imagine how acidic this is. So how come this acidity is not burning our stomach? Because our body is very smart and it's producing, uh, the stomach has a glandular glands, cells, which produce mucosal. So this mucosal lining is covering the, the stomach wall and it's protecting it. But these glandular cells are not in the esophagus. Okay, so esophagus is not being pro protected from this acid, only the stomach. Normally, with years, when we are younger, we produce more acid. And when we grow older, our body produces less and less enzymes, less acid um, production. So how come? Uh, people who are older experience acid reflux, it, which should be if we have more acid in the in the younger age, then the younger people should experience acid. But it's not the case. So people who are older, uh, getting older, they experience more uh, acid acid reflux. So it's actually by having a less and less acid, uh, production of the acid. If uh, if there is when we eat this food, when the pH becomes between two and three then the esophagus muscle the sphincter it closes and then the digestion starts to um, to break down the proteins the meat to absorb the nutrients the vitamins minerals um, but if the ph is not um, getting uh, as it should be if it's higher then the esophagus sphincter doesn't close okay stays open and then the, the food uh, and the acidity can come into esophagus, then we experience acid reflux. And after that, when, when the nutrients are absorbed, like B vitamins are absorbed in the stomach, and um, magnesium, calcium, and iron, okay? So when the stomach is acid is at pH 2 and 3, it, it triggers later on the bile to be pro, uh, the bowel to be produced uh, from the liver and uh, to, to be excreted from the gallbladder actually to continue digesting the fats and uh, and it's triggering also the pancreas to produce the enzymes okay so lipase protease and uh, amylase so this is all connected if the stomach is working properly the, all the other organs are working properly and are producing the enzymes to continue digest the food and to absorb all the nutrients that we want that we need right and enzymes in the stomach like pepsin that is the one who helps breaking the proteins and it uh, if the esophagus is not closed it can travel up into the sinuses in the throat it can affect sits it can sit on the vocal cords and in the middle ear and in the lungs just need, we need to remember that it takes uh, uh, three to four hours for the uh, stomach to digest the food to go uh, further down the food to, to move 
so but if you lay down after a meal uh, you know the stomach the food and the acidity can come up so usually uh, the first time i experienced this acid reflux is when i was pregnant so uh, you know from the from the belly it's making pressure on the on the stomach and the food comes up into the esophagus so uh, usually people who are obese who have uh, bellies big bellies they experience more acid reflux and people who overeat uh, so we need to eat smaller meals uh, in order not to have um, a big pressure and the acidity to come into esophagus the acid reflux is actually a developing in 60% of the population and studies can show that 30% of men and women above 60 are suffering from atopic gastritis which is literally no stomach acid and people another study shows that 40% of over the age of 80 uh, the people don't produce stomach acid at all the the problem lies in the esophagus muscle so it needs to close in order to, the acid should be in a proper pH in order it to be closed. And if it's not closed, it become, it's creating all the problems because the, it's uh, the, from the pressure building up and uh, it's becoming up in the esophagus and burning the esophagus, right? So uh, in the stomach, we also absorb the B vitamins like B12, folic acid, vitamin C, and the stomach acid is also killing the bacteria bacteria, fungus, all the microbes that are um, bad for us and it's like a first defense for our immunity. So if you don't have enough pH, uh, we uh, allow the bacteria and yeast to uh, proliferate and to overgrow in the stomach and further down the intestines, right? If there is enough acid, so the valve would close and the, the acidity did not come back and uh, this is also happening, the valve to close the normal digestion in parasympathetic state. Parasympathetic state is when we are uh, in a rest and digest mode. We are not in the stress mode and uh, because during the stress, of course, the digestion doesn't function properly. Even if we eat the best food, uh, it will not uh, be, the enzymes will not be produced. The acidity will not be correct. Uh, so this happens at the normal digestion only in parasympathetic nervous state so the more stress we have the more acid reflux we have have you noticed that i have of course so if we eat like on a run just run 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 and then we eat uh, um, without uh, having to come to sit down and relax and eat in a relaxed mode or if we eat on on a, on a go then uh, people experience more acid reflux when the hcl as i said is in a, in a correct ph it um, triggers the bile uh, to be produced and the fat soluble vitamins like AKE, omega-3 to break down, uh, is breaking down the fats, of course. Uh, so without enough HCl, if the HCl is not enough, the bile is not produced, so we don't break down these uh, fats and we don't absorb these uh, vitamins and minerals. So people um, have vitamin deficiency like B12 deficiency, iron, and then uh, we allow the, the bacteria overgrowth in the small intestines because they're not killed with the acid in the stomach and they will overgrow and create bloating and constipation and pain in the stomach. Also, we create yeast overgrowth, like candida overgrowth. So we, we make the, because they proliferate, they overgrow in more to the alkaline environment. That's why we need more 
acidic environment for a better digestion. Okay, so uh, we need the right pH in the stomach to keep the H. pylori in check uh, because H. pylori also, they, they, it thrives between 5.5 and 7.5 pH. And H. pylori is actually thriving in, in that environment and it's also stopping, I mean, um, inhibiting the production of the HCL. So it's a vicious cycle, you know, uh, if we have H. pylori overgrowth, it's very difficult to eradicate. Uh, also, if you are low on zinc and not enough HCL, it creates uh, ulcers and it needs uh, zinc also to produce the HCL. So if we have zinc deficiency, we will not produce enough HCL. Also, we need the sodium chloride, like a salt, to make HCL. Potassium also. And uh, this, is, this is all the raw material that we need, our body needs, in order to produce normal HCL. So also what causes acid reflux? It can be caused by um, also by smoking. You know, some people are vaping. They said, oh, I'm not smoking. I don't um, have this toxic uh, material. But vapes, they're just eliminating tar. But people who vape also uh, develop esophageal cancer. And one study in the UCLA in San Francisco shows that chemicals used in vaping uh, like propylene, glycol, and some related compounds. They have identified five of them, and they are causing an inflammatory response to the lungs, to the vocal cords. And some scientists, respectful scientists, have, the, have said that these chemicals, if they are inhaled, that cause cell transformation and um, creates cancer cells. That they become cancerogenic, okay? So, and eating this and inhaling, because some people say, oh, I'm done, inhale, you know, the cigarette. But you cannot say, because this doctor is like an ENT and he was uh, doing so many surgeries on esophageal cancer with the people who are vaping, who are smoking. You know, you don't tell the smoke where to go, right? Uh, also, the acid reflux can cause allergies. So if sometimes people go tested for allergies and they say, oh, it, my test is negative, so I don't have allergies because it mimics the allergy symptoms, you know, nasal dip, you know, sinus infections, and you think you have allergies uh, because these substances uh, from the vaping, from the smoking, it causes swelling to the tissues, it causes inflammation, uh, pressure in the sinuses, and it mimics the allergies, okay? It's called nasal drip. You can feel it, you think is actually, you think it's an allergy. So it's very important what you eat, what you drink, and what you inhale. Also, chronic stress, as I mentioned before, can reduce the prostaglandins production. And we need prostaglandins, which are uh, molecules that uh, promote the healing process. There are healthy inflammatory molecules that uh, um, promote the healing of the tissues. So if we're under chronic stress, we cannot heal. Even if we have like esophageal um, damage or hiatal hindrance or uh, burnt esophagus burning uh, indigestion. If we are still uh, running on stress, a stressful mode in the sympathetic state, we cannot heal. I hope we all know that already. What uh, we can do, so people, um, when they experience acid reflux or some pain or burning, usually go to the doctor and do endoscopy. Uh, brings a camera inside uh, your esophagus and uh, it can see everything what's going on if there is an inflammation going on and they can take also a biopsy to check if there is H. pylori and it's a good uh, thing to, to know what is going on. The tissues are inflamed or is uh, nothing damaged yet, you just have um, acid reflux and it's much easier if it's in the early stages, it's much easier to be fixed. Next, uh, 
usually the doctor it's not done this test is not done or even if it's done the doctors prescribe uh, proton pump inhibitors ppis or anti-acids so there, there, there are two types of these medications uh, some of them are a proton pump inhibitors it's inhibiting the cells of to produ produce acids it means it's stopping production of the acid the other ones are alkaline and they are making the environment alkaline like um, tums or which is calcium carbonate or uh, gaviscon or soda bicarbonate it's just uh, neutralizing the acid immediately you get instant relief so some of these also uh, of these anti-acids which are readily prescribed it's uh, called um, zonex prilosec Privoset. so i don't know if you have you are using some of them nexium tagament protonix acifax zagret melax rolets um, omeprazole you know many of these are prescribed uh, like candies from the doctor so i'm not saying this is bad thing because sometimes this is very helpful and it was uh, when this were discovered it was like a miracle you know people were taking this anti-acids or ppis and they had instant relief you know the doctors were saying okay you just take this pill and you can eat what you want right so people were getting used to this you know uh, the pill to fix all their problems right and they can continue with their life whatever they were doing and they get instant relief whatever they had issues they just take the pill and the problem the symptoms are gone uh, but we need to understand the underlying cause of what is actually going on and the, uh, how this can affect and create uh, larger and bigger symptoms and making bigger damage in our health these ppis and uh, anti-acids are actually you can buy them anywhere like they say in casco you can buy a huge box and you can use them anytime you want and people spend like um 200 us dollars monthly on this uh, on regular use of these ppis because doctors uh, were telling them telling patients that they can use them for a lifetime because this is a magic pill right so yearly the expenses goes like for two thousand euros per um per year on anti-acids okay so a typical ppi uh, will suppress 80 percent of the acid production for the next 12 hours okay so you have to keep this in mind but there are other um, less strong anti-acids like uh, ranitidine famotidine zantax pepsid uh, that, which reduces 40 percent of the acid only for acid production only for four hours so if you really need to take sometimes just uh, be aware which ones you will take okay so i want to explain the side effects of these uh, anti-acids which are very which is very important to know i mean um the doctors should know them because i believe if they're aware of the side effects they shouldn't tell the, their patients to use um, the ppis for uh lifetime if you read on the box it says you can maximum time to take it 14 days it's not for a lifetime so what are the uh, side effects of using these anti-acids and ppis for a longer period of time so if we neutral neutralize the acid in the stomach as uh, we mentioned we will become b12 deficient so i think most of my clients are uh, deficient in b12 in b vitamins in magnesium like iron also calcium and can lead to numbness nerve damage brain function or tingling hands or feet 
or memory problems. Uh, osteoporosis, bone fractures, because you don't absorb the calcium. There is not enough acidity to absorb the cal calcium in the stomach. And uh, you get the osteoporosis with years, of course. I'm not telling that this can happen right away. But usually the elder uh, woman experience a fragile bones. Decreased uh, resistance to infections and illness, as, uh, as explained before, the, the pH actually is killing the bacteria and the viruses and microbes. So if we are not, um, if we don't have enough pH, we are not killing them, and we become more uh, prone to uh, bacterial overgrowth and infections. We can catch any infection and any illness or yeast overgrowth and C diff, which is a very common bacterial overgrowth. The people who are using antacids on a regular basis, they experience uh, overgrowth of C diff. Uh, they can check, you can check the, the yeast too and check uh, and see that one if you have an overgrowth. Then restless legs, leg syndrome, if uh, you're using uh, antiacids, you can experience this one. Uh, food allergies, so food allergies um, usually are developed from a prolonged use of PPIs like Privoset and Privoset, Omeprazole. In 2009, the American Journal of Gastroenterology is showing a possible link in long-term use of the PPS and food allergies like gluten, diary, soy, corn, peanut, tree nut, and eggs. And corn and soy, for you to know, it's in every label, in every, almost in every food on the market because it's a filler. Some of the symptoms are also uh, not being able to catch your breath when you're outside. So it's like you think you have an allergy, you cannot get the full breath or you're feeling like out of breath. So this is some of the symptoms. Uh, then going to bathroom or peeing very often, like every 15 minutes, 30 minutes, you, you need to pee. Uh, kidney problems, inflammation in kidney stones also from taking this thumbs, calcium, usually for osteoporosis then the, the doctors prescribe calcium, which is not going into the bones, but it's actually going to the kidneys, creating stones. Pinning hair, vomiting, then increased risk of, risk of cancer, especially esophagus cancer, allergies and asthma, depression, anxiety and mood disorders, anemia, as I said, B12 deficiency and iron, skin diseases, acne, dermatitis, and eczema, gallbladder disease and gallstones, autoimmune disease like rheumatoid arthritis, then Graves disease, and type 1 diabetes, IBS, which is logically that is caused from the low stomach acid, and it's a, actually the second cause of missed work, so people are not going to work because of IBS, it's the second cause after the common flu or cold. So imagine how, how, uh, how many people are suffering from IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, then Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. So if there is not, not enough pH and we take PPIs, we are lowering more, it can create Crohn's disease and ulcers, chronic hepatitis and osteoporosis, as I mentioned. So this is from chronic uh, use of, the P, of these PPIs. So the PPIs, relieves the sensation because it makes the pH like to be five. It's still acidic, but it's uh, not where it should be, like between two and three. And when it's uh, pH five, it travels back to the esophagus because the, uh, the muscle is not being closed. We, we know that it's closing when the pH is in the right uh, 
level between two and three. So if it's five, it doesn't close the muscle and it uh, travels up in the, into the esophagus and into the, our mouth. And uh, as I said, the, the bacteria cannot survive in pH two uh, more than 15 minutes, more than 15 minutes. Okay, so, but if it's higher, the pH, they can survive and they can uh, continue uh, traveling into our small intestine and create uh, bacteria overgrowth into the small intestine. Does anybody has any of the symptoms that I mentioned? Uh, because I mentioned so many uh, symptoms that people think are uh, normal with the aging. We need to, we will have these symptoms. It's normal with aging, but uh, we need to connect the dots why these symptoms are coming. Maybe because we are using these anti-acids and uh, PPIs on a regular basis. So in one trial of 30 people with uh, GERD, uh, with acid reflux, uh, they were treated with Prilosec, 40 grams a day for three months, and 11 of the 30 developed significant bacterial overgrowth from taking this antiacid. So there was a trial they checked and uh, people experienced bacteria overgrowth. And they, then you have bloating, then we have constipation and uh, pain, abdominal pain. So, uh, as I said, H. pylori is one of the bacteria which overgrowth and it uh, increases with age as uh, stomach acid production decreases, right? So, as we age, uh, our stomach acid production decreases and the enzymes, of course, everything is less produced. And uh, we have more of the H. pylori bacteria overgrowth. And the H. pylori further decreases the stomach acid and we develop chronic heartburn or GERD. Okay, so low stomach acid creates a maldigestion of the carbohydrates, okay, because the enzymes from the pancreas will not be secreted if the pH is not on the right level, and carbohydrates will not be broken down. And what happens now? Bacteria overgrowth plus maldigested carbohydrates equals to production of gas and bloating. So if there is not enough stomach acid, they will be broken down before they reach the small intestine. Okay, if there is enough stomach acid, they will be broken down. But if there is not enough, it will be digested by our microbes that sit in the small intestine and they will ferment the carbohydrates because it's um, carbs and it will create gas and bloating. So many people have noticed that uh, when eating carbs, they experience more bloating, right? So when they eliminate carbs like gluten, bread, pasta, they feel relief. So this is all connected with uh, having a low acid in the stomach. Oh, some of the bacteria which can overgrowth are Salmonella, Campylobacter, Cholera, Listeria, Giardia, and Clostridium difficile. So if we don't have st enough stomach acid and we don't bring the food uh, properly and we don't absorb the nutrients properly and we allow the bacteria overgrowth. So if people are having pain, what normally we do, we take painkillers like uh, Brufan, right? which is a standard common painkiller or paracetamol, which is common for, for our everyday use to kill the pain, right? I have been using them also. And, but the thing is, if uh, we are using these painkillers on a regular basis, these are chemicals that are damaging our gut wall and creating ulcers. So we have more pain and we have uh, and if we increase the acidity, we think we have low acid. If we increase the acidity, we take um, some, I don't know, apple cider vinegar or something. We burn these ulcers and we feel more pain. So it's all interconnected. 
like I said, when we when we think we, we have low acid, we need to eat more acidic food in order to have more acid. But if we have esophageal tissue damage, irritating, we will have more pain. And uncontrolled acid reflux, which will be happening for a longer time, can lead to esophageal cancer. And that is the fastest growing cancer in America and Europe since 1970. Okay, so what happened in 1970? In 1970, the government uh, allowed, actually uh, give an order for the people not to be, not to have food poisoning from the food and the, uh, the food to, the bacteria not to grow in the food. They allowed them to the companies to make all the food, which is in the, in the can, in the bottle and in the box to be acidified to pH 4.4, okay? And they were adding, they were allowed to add ascorbic acid and citric acid to make the food more acidic. And then cancer went up, the esophageal cancer. So the, the food industry shifted from cane sugar and beet sugar, which is the healthier version of the sugar, to high fructose corn syrup, which is a cheaper and it's inflammatory sweetener. So please, please read the labels. And some of the chemicals in the uh, corn syrup, in the preservation of the food, they loosen up the esophageal muscle and the acid from below the muscle, it uh, slowly is going up and increasing the inflammation of the esophagus uh, tissues and possibility for cancer, developing cancer. So 75 million of Americans have acid reflux, which is 20%, 20%. But not everybody has the symptoms, you know. Some of them have silent acid reflux, and uh, but some of them may be maybe having like constant cough and they don't connect, you know, that this may be from the silent acid reflux or they have hoarse voice. It's very important, so what you eat and when to eat. Sometimes, you know, if this is happening for a prolonged period of time, if um, the irritation is continuous of the esophageal um, tissues, they become numbed. So you don't feel it, you know, when you burn uh, uh, your hand for a long, for, you know, more times, then it becomes numb. You don't feel it. Doesn't mean it's not happening. It doesn't mean that the, we don't have acid reflux anymore. Some people are saying, you know, I used to have acid reflux, but I don't have it anymore. They think it's healed, but they're still um, continuing continuing with the same lifestyle and uh, they're eating the same and uh, drinking the same, but they think their acid is healed. And not realizing that maybe the tissues are numbed and they're not feeling the effects from the, of the acid reflux to the tissues. So 15% of the people with throat symptoms that maybe they're coughing, they, they feel they have throat irritated, maybe after a meal or after drinking something, 50% uh, of the people with these symptoms will potentially have precancer or bad esophagus, which, which is actually damaged cells of the esophagus. And 50% of them will become cancerous because stomach cells are creeping into the esophagus, okay, which they, they shouldn't be there. But if they're constantly coming up, coming up, and the cells from the stomach uh, will go up in the esophagus, creating bad esophagus and maybe later hiatal hernia. This can be checked with the endoscopy or camera through, through going through the nose and they can see what actually is happening and what have you developed if you have something. Okay, so what to avoid? Let's see. Uh, we need to avoid most of the acidic foods. Some people have already commented on my question and most of them are right exactly. 
And the most acidic food are coffee, which has pH 6. It's not that acidic, but it's creating acidic environment and uh, feeling that um, you have acid reflux, cacao, chocolate, of course, our favorite one, alcohol, mint, uh, raw onion, and raw garlic, because this uh, loosens the muscle of the esophagus, okay? And, and then what happens, our acidity from the stomach comes up. So we need muscle to be closed tightly. So these are the six, they're not that acidic, but they're, uh, everything which is below four is extremely acidic, acidic and we shouldn't eat like sugary diet, uh, soda, and bottled iced tea. But there are some healthy things that may create acid reflux and uh, we, sh we should avoid them if we are suffering from acid reflux. And those are the citrus fruits, okay? Like uh, oranges, lemon, grapefruit, um, uh, like that, tomatoes, vinegar, uh, wine, uh, because it activates tissue that produces pepsin and creates swelling in the sinuses, irritates the lungs and body-wide inflammation response created. Okay, so then you should avoid no, uh, spicy foods, uh, no fatty foods, of course, if the pH is not uh, at the right level, the bile is not produced and the fats cannot be digested. So during the healing process, we need to avoid this kind of food. Uh, so spicy food, peppermint, sugar, processed food, carbohydrates, I explained before why, grape juice, Orange. Have you noticed that uh, some of these are aggravating your symptoms? Many of the people have uh, who have reached out to tell me that uh, like grape juice, they were thinking it's healthy, of course, but it's causing huge symptoms like burning mouth symptoms or burning esophagus. So it can creep up and cause like sinus infections, nausea, anything. But it's a healthy food, you know, people are recommending this and you think it's a healthy food, but while healing, you need to avoid. Usually uh, to take them, it's uh, better to take something to neutralize this acidic food and it's, um, uh, the abbreviation is CARS, so it's coconut, uh, almond, rice and soy to neutralize this acidic of the pineapple, orange juice. So if you're sometimes taking this acidic food, just um, add something to neutralize the acidity of this food. I see this as a blessing, you know, if somebody is experiencing this, so it will go deeper to understand it better. I see it as a blessing to address the, co the cause and to address the symptoms and to address the food and change the lifestyle. It's, it's like a uh, wake-up call. So we shouldn't be eating crappy food or, you know, garbage. Uh, we shouldn't be feeding our body like that. So we need a healthy food. Successful treatment is... Um, the treatment is actually the same like uh, healing the leaky gut. So we, we are following the four steps is the same but we have plus one one step with uh, fixing the acidity so the first is eliminating the triggers the triggering foods then uh, healing the tissues healing the gut healing the cells to regenerate and to regrow the middle one is restoring the acidity in the stomach uh, and then the third one is bringing back the good bacteria and feeding them so they will give us the benefits of the nutrient absorption and uh, feeding ourselves to perform optimally. Okay, so a treatment is reducing the bacterial overgrowth. Okay, we, will, we are doing that with the treatment and healing the esophagus sphincter and increasing the stomach acid. Okay, so what we need to reduce, we need to reduce 
the carbohydrates because the because fermentation of malabsorption of the carbohydrates because of low stomach acid produces hydrogen gas and actually this gas is preferable source food for h pylori to feed off so people are noticing improvements when they uh, remove or uh, reduce the carbohydrate and this is how you re re reduce the h pylori overgrowth so sugar starches and grains also to avoid yeah there was another study also uh, that shows carbohydrates increase GERD so which is proven and may maybe you have noticed the same so by reducing you reduce the acid reflux also uh, some people are taking anti-inflammatory medications like corticosteroids pregnazone aspirin ibuprofen like um, painkillers Advil Motril or other non-steroidal uh, anti-inflammatory drugs because these drugs damages the GI lining and if your GI lining is damaged in uh, you think that you need to um, to increase the HCL, HCL by taking supplements like HCL and betaine and this will aggravate the symptom and you will feel more pain and it can create gastric bleeding or ulcer okay, so that's why it doesn't it's not like a one treatment fits all right it's not like if somebody has have helped their symptoms with taking HCL and beta it doesn't mean that it will uh, help alleviate symptoms for somebody else who have different lifestyles which have taken different medications and have maybe developed damaged tissues inside the uh, intestines and the stomach and the esophagus right so supplements to take as I said is HCL proper way if it's in the beginning of this um, acid reflux uh, the symptoms if the, the tissues are not damaged so you can take HCL and beta but the way it should be taken it should be taken three before each meal and uh, next day you need to you take four then five then six you just increase every day until you reach the point where you feel like burning like uh, hot in, in the stomach actually and then you need to back up one step like if if you feel burning with seven then you reduce six and you continue taking them for a longer time until you fix completely uh, the acidity in the stomach but in the same time we need to address the stress we need to address uh, healing the gut uh, the regenerate the tissues and it should be a complete body healing it's not just one supplement fix all problems okay so we need to get enough potassium and sea salt these are the basic um, uh, nutrients that helps in production with HCL our stomach by itself to produ produce HCL then we need to add zinc uh, chew the food longer of course when we chew the food it signals to the stomach to produce the HCL but if we just swallow it's the stomach is not ready Okay, and if the food stays longer in, in the stomach, it cannot be digested properly and can be ferment and create bloating and all the things. So keep the stress down. This is important. So only in the, in the parasympathetic state, we um, digest the food properly. Uh, we can, um, people can add lactobacillus acidophilus before bedtime, which is shown best to produce the HCL. It's helping. Also bitters like eating bitter uh, green leafy vegetables increase the production of hcl bile pepsin and gastric acid 
and also pancreatic enzymes. So it's triggering the all the digestive enzymes and um, juices to be produced and the food to be digested and the nutrients to be absorbed. And they also stimulate the motility. The motility is also important. So we don't want stagnation. When there is stagnation, there is bacteria overgrowth, yeast overgrowth. So we want the food to move uh, into uh, throughout the intestines and to be um, eliminated properly and regularly. Then barberry bark, caraway, dandelion, fennel, and ginger root, artichoke, golden seal, milk thistle, wormwood, and yellow bark. Okay. Then apple cider vinegar. People uh, sometimes see apple cider vinegar very helpful, but for some people that have ulcers or that have um, already burnt tissues, it may aggravate the symptoms. Okay. So they need to focus more on the healing side. Then bone broth, it's rich with uh, proline and non-essential amino acids, which are important for production of collagen, okay, and to regenerate the tissues. Glutamine is also essential, metabolic fuel for the cells. And uh, DGL, a deglycerized licorice, helps with uh, gastric and duodenal ulcers, and it work, uh, works by raising the, the body pro prostaglandins that I mentioned before, which are uh, signaling and healing uh, mechanism. They have uh, sig sending signals to heal these tissues. Okay, so many people have problems on what to eat and have difficulties in finding a good meal plan to start eating. So they need like a recipes like a, a meal plan and starting with no gluten, no dairy, no sugar um, is the way to start. But sometimes for people, if this is overwhelming and they don't know exactly what to eat, they, they need the recipes, they need the meal plan. Or some people, you know, they say, oh, I cannot live without my favorite crackers or without my favorite uh, cookies or my favorite salad dressing. You know, I cannot live without that. It's very difficult. I understand many people have find it uh, very difficult to stop consuming some food, which is added with acidity and with chemicals that are loosening our esophagus. And now we understand why we should eliminate this kind of food. Okay, so also we can um, uh, consume more dark leafy vegetables, almonds, broccoli, salmon, sardines with bones, of course, because this is the natural calcium that we need. Uh, and the no normal diet should be like uh, PFC instead of KFC, so proteins, fats and carbs, um, but carbs from vegetables, of course. And um, most people do well when following a proper diet plan with recipes, okay. I said more than five mistakes and more than five tips, but I will summarize like uh, we are already talking a long time now. I will summarize. So five mistakes, taking PPIs, smoking, acidic food for somebody, stress uh, and anti-pain medications. Okay. Five tips. So don't overeat, reduce the stress, take the supplements, avoid caffeine, alcohol, carbs and remove medications. Slowly, slowly, you need to get all the medications, which are actually uh, aggravating the symptoms and causing um, further imbalance in the system. Uh, before I ask the question in the group and in my page, and I have so many good answers. What do you think? What is the reason for acid reflux? And Dr. Salman said uh, white sugar, smoking, overeating, overweight, painkillers, ibuprofen, coffee, fatty, spicy food, chocolate and uh, increase of progesterone and estrogen of the hormones. Yeah, hormonal balance is also important. Alice says uh, malt and H. pylori, of course. Um, 
mold is like a yeast overgrowth. So we allow, if there is disbalance, if we have a higher pH in the stomach and the mold and the fungus, they thrive in the um, higher pH. So if it's very acidic, they cannot live, they cannot survive. So uh, when we have higher pH, uh, if we are exposed to mold, we, um, we experience all the symptoms and we can have fungal overgrowth and histamine reactions. Okay, uh, Dean says low stomach acid, correct. So the, the problem is in the low stomach acid and the esophagus sphincter too close, that's very important. Uh, Brooke said hiatalhenia, yeah, hiatalhenia is actually a result of having a low stomach acid. Martin said coffee, correct. Michelle said acidic food, yes, for some people acidic food are, are aggravating the symptoms if there is damaged tissues. Amanda said that her husband reduced uh, his GERD by not drinking coffee on empty stomach in the morning and refined sugar and he has smaller serving so he's not overeating so that's good. Uh, Sonia Ivanova she said the esophagus sphincter is fragile and, fragile and allows the return of the chime. Chime is the mixture of what is going on food and, and uh, acidic the acid in the stomach and it's coming back in the esophagus completely right. So we need to strengthen this muscle and its constructions. Key nutrients, collagen, protein, iodine, calcium, and saturated fat. Okay, um, this said low stomach acid, correct. Susanna said um, taking HCL and beta in, fired it for, uh, no, um, for three years. Uh, she healed it with that one, but uh, dropping and uh, from them and taking digestive enzymes. And uh, she was on strict IIP diet for rheumatoid arthritis, but symptoms came back. And again, starting uh, taking HCL and beta in again. You know, um, sometimes this supplement helps, of course, but unless we follow certain steps in proper order in the healing, the, complete healing will not happen. So if we stop the supplements and if we are still um, maybe doing the same things, then the symptoms may come back. Rheumatoid arthritis and any other autoimmune diseases are connected with uh, having a leaky gut. So healing the leaky gut is the, the, pro the correct way to go. And Jennifer says, I think I have uh, an ulcer, so it's making mine worse. Yes, correct. As I explained, the, the taking us HCL and beta in having an ulcer will uh, cause more pain. Biona says it helps not to drink anything during meal. Yeah, that's also good. It's correct. So if you drink something, it will dilute the acidity. Uh, Marty says H. pylori. H. pylori is like a reaction, refraction of the low HCA. So it's like a result of having low HCA, not the cause. Okay. So it's not like people think, okay, I have H. pylori and I need to kill it and take antibiotics. So it's making bigger disbalance uh, down in the intestine, further down. Okay, so we need to create, uh, to change the environment and the H. pylori cannot survive. Uh, CUSS SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, you know, this for for antidepressants, of course, it's medications and medications are damaging our stomach lining. Uh, bleeding ulcers, of course, it can cause bleeding ulcers, definitely. Let's see the questions here. Can Angie ask, can an overgrowth of 
oral thrush cause inflammation to the brain? Yes, so oral thrush, it's uh, actually coming from the yeast overgrowth, uh, from low uh, stomach acid. We allow the yeast, the candida and everything to overgrowth and um, cause the mouth thrush in the tongue. And uh, yeast overgrowth, it um, has is sending molecules to the brain. It's creating brain fog, memory issues. You know, it's uh, these are the toxic uh, substances that yeast um, produce. It's very good to address the acidity of the stomach to um, avoid this food that I mentioned and establish the balance. Okay, Ishar says informative topic. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Ishar Ali. And G is asking how many uh, milligrams of B12 is safe? So I don't know what are your results, but um, some people are getting shots, you know, B12 shots, which are very good and restoring uh, the um, B12. I believe, in my opinion, the shots are better because are bypassing the digestive. Um, because if you don't have enough stomach acid, even if you uh, take uh, through the mouth, the B12, maybe it will not be absorbed again. So while you're uh, healing the digestion, digestive tract, uh, it's better to take the B12 shots. Okay, Dr. Salman says, we have many medicines for indigestion, heartburn, acidity, acid reflux, IBS, etc. in homeopathy without any side effects. Yeah, homeopathy is also good. Uh, we are usually treating patients according to the body symptoms individually. Exactly, yeah. So that's what uh, we are doing. Yeah, exactly. So everybody's individual. We need to, to know the symptoms and we need to adjust the treatment accordingly, of course. And you ask, is it safe to use turmeric and echinacea for stomach problems? Depends, Angie. Some people, I have some clients who uh, turmeric is anti-inflammatory, we all know, but some people are sensitive to turmeric, of course. And uh, instead of being anti-inflammatory, it's causing the inflammation in somebody's body. But generally, these are anti-inflammatory and echinacea is good uh, to take generally if um, you don't have any symptoms, if you don't react to that. Uh, I think it's okay. should be okay. Okay, so we are wrapping up. If you want to know, know more about the healing process, uh, the, the steps that I'm following, you can uh, watch the three-part video series on healing the gut naturally. And if you have acid reflux, we will add the one more step in, in the healing process. And I will post the link in the comments. And if you have any other questions, you can send me a message. So stay safe and see you next time. Bye.